0: disney blues disney on demand is on the air now here's
1: your host jonathan johnson all right all of you d heads you tuned in for another magical installment of disney blues disney on demand and as we're getting closer to our second annual not so scary halloween celebration We're still jumping into fall here for the week of September 19th, 2013, show number 48 as we have somebody very special stopping in here for all of you D-heads here this week. That's right, when you think music, you think scores, you think of attractions, movies, and that underlying element in the musical score that adds that suspense and emotion to any project. And with us here this week, we have a very special guest, a composer, a veteran, a, an award winner in Bruce Broughton. That's right, we have Bruce, who has composed such attractions like Spaceship Earth, Ellen's Energy Adventure, It's Tough to Be a Bug, Oh Canada, and more, as well. Well as great films. Silverado, Harry and the Henderson's, The Rescuers Down Under, Bambi 2. And many others, and Bruce is going to stop in and talk about his entire career, composing a lot of great soundtracks for movies, televisions, attractions, and what is the difference between doing a great project like Spaceship Earth or Ellen's Energy Adventure as it is to television shows like Tiny Toon Adventures and Dinosaurs, as well as films like Silverado, Harry and the Hendersons, and The Rescuers Down Under. And Bruce is going to stop in and talk about composing music, his current projects, and his legacy throughout the Disney theme parks, as well as on television and and in the movies. In addition, we have the D-Team back. That's right, we have some of the D-Team here to add that extra special magic for you as we have Lexi as she's going to take that Hollywood Walk of Fame with you and give you a little bit more about our special guest here this week, Bruce Broughton. We also have Paige back once again as she's going to give you the magical music review as she's going to delve a little bit deeper into the musical works of our very special guest here this week. We also have Randy back as he's going to jump into Disney Multimedia as he's going to jump into all the different things, interactive for your iPod, iPads, video games, and more within the Disney community. We also have tons of news hot off the D-Wire. There's a lot of things firing up the lines here this week, so we have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire, all kinds of magic, memories, and more. So let's gear up, all of you D-Heads, for a very special week here this week, as we're going to take that trip through history, through time, through Spaceship Earth, with our very special guest, Bruce Broughton. So let's kick off show number 48 for the week of September 19th, 2013 by looking into Tomorrow's Child. Tomorrow's I'll be right back, child. all of you D-Heads. Tomorrow's
2: Child Gathering gifts from our past oh, Tomorrow's, child. Tomorrow's Child Shaping the world that will last oh, Holding the spark as we embark On a great journey together
3: Ladies and gentlemen, as you board, please move all the way across your car to make room for everyone. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors. The monorail will depart momentarily for Epcot. Thank you.
4: Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas.
3: Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World monorail to Epcot. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking please. Thank you. As we turn south, you can catch a glimpse of the spires of Space Mountain in the Magic Kingdom. Nearby is Disney's contemporary resort. You can upgrade a Magic Your Way ticket at any time prior to its expiration by adding more days or options such as Park Hopper and Water Park Fun and more. Just stop by any theme park ticket window for details. Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Write down that.
4: Come
5: on, Knights I've got a surprise for you. What's the surprise? I'll show you. Look, <laughs> Bernard. It's ours.
4: Just for the
0: holidays at McDonald's, you can get Bernard or Miss Bianca. The famous heroes from Walt Disney Pictures' new animated feature, The Rescuers Down Under. Now in theaters everywhere. One ornament's free when you buy a $5 book of McDonald's gift certificates or $1.49 with any food purchase. Very handsome, but I prefer the real ones. I can't
5: believe it.
6: It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change.
1: Here's your host,
6: Jonathan Johnson.
1: All right, LVD heads. so I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 48 for the week of September 19th, 2013. And as we gear up for our very special guest here this week, the one and only talented composer, Bruce Broughton, who's done great things like Spaceship Earth, Ellen's Energy Adventure, It's Tough to Be a Bug, Oh Canada, and films like Monster Squad, Silverado, Harry and the Hendersons, Bambi 2, The Rescuers Down Under, and television shows like Tiny Toon Adventures and Dinosaurs is going to be stopping in here very shortly, and we are looking forward to this one, D-Heads, as Bruce has played a part in many of our lives growing up and in the parks. So as we gear up for that, before we jump into it, we have all kinds of news here, all of you D-Heads, this week. We have all kinds of things, but before I do that, I do want to mention that coming up in just under two weeks is our second annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration, where all month long we celebrate Halloween here at Disney On Demand with spooky guests, Halloween fun, and all kinds of great things. You may remember our celebration here last year, and it's only going to be bigger and better here this year. So it's gearing up. In just under two weeks, get ready for our second annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration. Now, before I kick off news here this week, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And remember, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Dot com. There you can find our full list of past shows, archives, news, and more, and connect up with the D-Team. Now, you can also visit us on all these different social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can also find us on Twitter, AOL Instant Messenger, Instagram, and more. Just search Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. So jumping right into news, hot off the D-Wire, how about Disney announcing new dates for Maleficent, The Good Dinosaur, and Finding Dory. That's right, Walt Disney Pictures has announced here this week. Now originally slated for July of 2014, Maleficent is now getting a 3D release on Friday, May 30th of 2014. Now with that said, The Good Dinosaur, which was a film that everybody was excited for, is now moving to November of 2015. That's right, with Maleficent taking over the date for them, they are pushing that to a 2015 November date. Now, Finding Dory is getting moved to Friday, June 17th of 2016, which was originally slated for November of 2015. So there is a variety of different shifting ongoing here. Maleficent is moving up, and the Good Dinosaur and Finding Dory are moving back. Now, as we continue on with Disney movie news, how about Disney's Frozen getting all-new releases of new posters and a new trailer that is coming out next week, Thursday? That's right. Walt Disney Animation Studios has released an all-new poster for their upcoming film, Frozen. Now, according to the film, it features a fearless optimist named Anna, who's voiced by Kristen Bell, and she sets off on an epic journey to teaming up with a rugged mountain man as well as many others to find her sister, Elsa, whose icy powers have trapped the kingdom in Eternal Winter. Now, the new Frozen poster has a variety of different things with all the different people featured in the film and all kinds of fun. And it has many different characters, including Olaf, who takes the lead in the promotional poster. And everybody knows... Olaf is that funny, wacky, crazy-looking snowman. Now, Disney has also confirmed that an all-new trailer for Frozen is going to arrive on Thursday, September 26th. Now, the first Frozen teaser trailer debuted in June and didn't offer much about the plot or anything at all, but Disney said that coming up next week, Thursday, they are going to have a little bit more in-depth, something to give you a little bit of a hint of what to expect out of Frozen. Now, as we continue on with Disney movie news here this week, I'm going to give you some other release dates that are going to be out very soon. And how about Frozen getting released November 27th of this year? We also have Saving Mr. Banks with Tom Hanks playing Walt Disney in that lead role on December 13th, 2013. You have Marvel's Thor The Dark World. Muppets Most Wanted, The Pirate Fairy, and also Disney's Bears, the latest from the Disney nature series, getting released on April 18, 2014. Now, moving away from Disney movie news, let's go to the parks. And how about all those different places where you can meet all the different characters? For my son, he loves Peter Pan. Peter Pan is just something that he has loved no matter what, and dearly he, just, he dresses up like him, he plays like him. Well, now the new Neverland mural by the X bathrooms in the Magic Kingdom is now a Peter Pan and Wendy meet and greet. That's right, you heard me correct. The X bathrooms where everybody remembers where they were in the Magic Kingdom and in Fantasyland there, well now it is an official Peter Pan and Wendy meet and greet, which it has a great backdrop. I mean, it does get better like that. You have the Neverland, you have all the different, it's pretty much the map of Neverland. It's a good place for it, and I know that we're going to be checking it out when I go with the family coming up in the next couple of months. Now, since we are talking about the Walt Disney World Resort and all the different things going on there, how about Disney Vacation Club setting an all-new timeshare arm for the Walt Disney World Company? That's right, with all the different timeshares that are getting released and built and expanded upon at the Walt Disney World Resorts, well, located on Seven Seas Lagoon at Walt Disney World, the Polynesian Resort is going to be one of the newest to get an expansion that's right the DVC has announced this last Tuesday that it is going to be building all new units at the Disney Polynesian Resort now this is one of Walt Disney World's oldest hotels and this will be the third DVC destination on the monorail system allowing easy access for the Magic Kingdom Park for all the DVC guests Now, the planned development project at Disney's Polynesian, when completed, is going to join the Disney Vacation Club's 12 other properties, including the villas at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, that are scheduled to open on October 23rd. Now, in addition to the Disney Vacation Club project, other guest areas within the Polynesian Resort are going to undergo refurbishment as well. Now, construction on the Polynesian is set to begin later this month, and completion is estimated in 2015. Now, moving aside from the parks, let's get into our hands and the television and games. Yes, games. And Disney releasing Scrooge's Loot, a 3D class-based shooter game based on DuckTales. Now, when you think of Disney's late 80 cartoon DuckTales, you think of thrilling, white-knuckled, class-action shooters, right? No, not really. But... This is a fun, fun game. Now, Disney has chosen to turn the franchise into a shooter game for mobile platforms. Now, Scrooge's Loot is a game about Scrooge McDuck hiring a band of mercenaries to recover his stolen money, which in turn becomes a 3D shooter element, including a gun that fires plungers and a rocket launcher jet-packed hybrid. Now, the four stages can dish out all kinds of hurt on the characters, as you can play against the computer or others as you can go head-to-head in a multi-team system against four different people. Now, each class is customizable to some degree with tools and weapons, gadgets, outfits, and many other things. Now, the graphics are pretty solid. I will say that it does look pretty good, and you can be a variety of different people. It is fun. It's definitely, uh, you know, I played it once. I, I don't know if I'll keep on going with it, but it is a fun game if you do like shooter games. Check it out, Scrooge's Loot. Now, continuing on with interactive and all the fun different things for the Disney company, how about Sophia the First debuting an all-new Disney Junior Episodes app? That's right, there's an all-new interactive episode of Disney Junior's popular series Sophia the First, which is currently cable TV's number one series among kids ages 2 to 5. And it is available now brand new through the all-new Junior Episodes app for iPad, iPhone, and iPod. Now, remember, this is a... Purchased app for $4.99. Now, developed by Disney and ABC, the Disney Junior Episodes app offers true interactive viewing, allowing fans two to seven to touch, tap, swipe, tilt, and shake and talk their way through various fun-filled activities embedded into each episode of their favorite Disney Junior shows. Now, in the interactive version of the big sleepover, kids can play along as Sophia helps her old friends from the village fit in with the new princess pals during her first royal slumber party. Now, key features that allow the kids to fully engage with the episode include kids get to pick out outfits and hairstyles for Sophia's friends during the royal makeover session. They can complete jigsaw puzzles from four different scenes in the show to help move the story forward. Now, you can also help Sophia apply her tiara, decorate a fan that will then appear in the show, and also go for an elevator ride in the castle with Sophia. Now, there's a variety of different things that are with this, and the Episodes app is very cool. I mean, I will say my kids play with it. It is a purchased app for $4.99, as I mentioned. Now, the Disney Junior Episodes app launched in April of 2013 and currently includes a variety of different great games including Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse Road Rally episode as well as a variety of other ones from Doc McStuffins and others like Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Definitely check it out and now there's an all new one for Sophia the First. Now, pushing right along with Disney news, how about Disney software that can let you 3D print your own mechanical toys? That's right, this is all new and it's bringing the magic of animation to the masses and going beyond. That's right, it might be hard to appreciate all the years before CGI. Well, now there is a variety of different things that Disney is offering. Now, there's all kinds of mechanisms and more, and now some people over at Disney Research have decided to reboot the old-school style of physical animation for the age of 3D printing and computer-assisted design. Now, what you're able to do with this is turn mechanical wonders into reality. That's right. You may recall some toys if you are older called Automata. Now, those are automata mechanical toy wonders where you can fully shape gears, threads, ratchets, spindles, and do a variety of different things to bring it to life. Now, Disney has thought out a way to create some of the design and fabrication of automata that's easy and just making it fun with iMovie or maybe Final Cut Pro. Now, what you can do is you can download this app and make it work. Now, the interesting part about this software it focuses on making the design process as effortlessly as possible. Now, instead of banging your head against the wall, trying to pre-visualize a combination of gears and spindles and things that you want to do, now all you can do is render it in here, get together, and bring it to life. Now, this I may be talking geek talk, and it may be over some people's heads, but it's phenomenal, and it's awesome, and I am fully stoked for this. I mean, seriously, if you have a vision in your head, you can now bring it to life. How to make this animatronic work and more, it is awesome, and now you can definitely check it out you know, all over. We will have links on our official website. Now, pushing right along in Disney news, let's get back to some animation and some fun. And, you know, over the last couple of years, everybody loves a variety of different shows, including Phineas and Ferb. Now on top of Phineas and Ferb, what goes better with Phineas and Ferb than somebody that cusses, swears, and calls people donkeys? Yes, I'm talking about Gordon Ramsay. That's right, celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay is going to have to watch his words when he voices a character on Disney's animated series Phineas and Ferb. That's right, the star of Hell's Kitchen and Kitchen Nightmares is set to lend his voice to a cook named Chef in an upcoming episode alongside actress Goldie Hawn. Now, Ramsey proves he has a sense of humor as he's going to take the Mickey out of himself in the October 18th episode, Thanks But No Thanks, when Chef decides to fire one of his employees. We can only guess how this is going to work out, how it's going to play out, but I'm sure Ramsey is going to do something. And I, I, I really do want to hear him call somebody a donkey on Phineas and Ferb. I mean, I think that it would just be fitting and it, it, has, it has to work. Now, moving from the animation side, let's talk about Disney Infinity. And I'm not gonna talk too much more about the game side of it, but Disney is excited because the question of whether Disney Infinity would sell has been answered, at least for now. After just two weeks on sale, Disney is very happy to announce that they have covered over 300,000 in sales in the last two weeks. Now, as they have officially released, Disney Infinity sales are off to a strong start, selling over 294,000 starter packs in the United States during the last two weeks of August, a spokesperson for Disney Infinity has said. They also stated, we're very pleased to announce that the launch of both the US and globally, and believe that Disney Infinity is well positioned to hold the critical holiday season forward. Now these sale numbers are just for the game itself. They don't know how the additional figures, power discs have sold, but hopefully they are recouping their over $1 million budget this new franchise, selling almost 300,000 units in the first two weeks. Now, one more thing before I let you go, all of you D-heads, and release the reins to the D-team here. Let's talk about disney's fairy tale hall at the magic kingdom now there's a variety of different things that are going on at the magic kingdom and everybody's excited for all the progress on the seven dwarfs mine train and many other things well fairy tale hall has now officially opened now you may remember snow white's adventures an attraction that i was sad to see go but the royal meet and greet attraction is now the second to last piece of the new Fantasyland experience to open with the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train opening next year. Now this is gonna bring a lot of different ways for little girls to interact with all the different princesses. If you're a little girl who takes magic seriously, you love the princesses and you wanna meet them, Princess Fairytale Hall is the end all be all known in the universe. Now the former Snow White Scary Adventures location has gone from being somewhat scary of a landmark to the hub of all the little princesses that wanna meet. there's a variety of different places and ways that audience can choose their princesses. You can start at the queue with Cinderella to the right, Rapunzel to the left. Now, there's also special visiting princesses to host on either side being revealed throughout the day. So you can meet a variety of different princesses. Now, being a Disney fan, I will say you always got to hit up all the princesses. Who doesn't want their picture taken with the beautiful Cinderella? But... You know, Rapunzel, she's just as good looking. So get ready, all of you D heads. The fairy tale experience is open in Fantasyland. Go ahead and meet your princesses. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins, get a drink here, and leave it to the D-team. And coming up, we have Paige with the Magical Music Review, as Paige is going to delve a little bit deeper into the magic, the scores, and the music of our very special guest here this week, Bruce Broughton, who's going to be stopping in here very shortly as well. So, before I let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is officially sponsored by Pixie Vacations. And the agents at Pixie Vacations are going to help you plan your Walt Disney World Disneyland Vacations by Disney or any excursion that you want to make magical for your family, and you can contact these knowledgeable agents at pixievacations.com, and they're going to help you plan, book, and definitely make the most out of your Walt Disney World, Disneyland, or vacation by Disney more magical. Definitely check them out at pixievacations.com. So, all VD heads, with that said, I'm going to take a break, get a drink, and release the reins. And when I come back, uh, I got some more news hot off the D wire. Be right back, all VD heads. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: For our annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration. Let Jonathan and the D-Team lead you into your doom buggy. With Halloween guests, spooky tunes, and Halloween fun. Only on DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. Happy wishes, everyone.
2: Serpents <laughs> and spiders, the <laughs> tale of a rat...
4: All in the spirits, wherever they're at. Hello, I'm Roy Disney. It was over 60 years ago that I first heard my uncle, Walt Disney, talk about his vision for a concert film. It was to be unlike anything the world had ever seen, breaking new ground in animation, sound, and technology. At the suggestion of conductor Leopold Stokowski, it was called Fantasia, and it would be one of the crowning achievements of Walt's career. But it wasn't the first time he would startle audiences with breathtaking innovations. Walt was the first to introduce synchronized sound in an animated film with Steamboat Willie. Flowers and Trees was the first color cartoon. In the mid 30s, Walt's team developed a multiplane camera that gave startling new depth to animation. It was put to wonderful use on the first full length animated feature Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs.
7: Page coming to you with this week's Magical Music Review. I hope everyone's week has been going well and just gets better. This week, our guest star is the composer Bruce Broden. His credits for Disney films include The Rescuers Down Under and the Homeward Bound movies. But we're going to focus on one of his scores in the parks. Mr. Broden is the one who brought us the music for Spaceship Earth, a favorite in Epcot. Now, the theme for Spaceship Earth is a personal favorite. The piece starts with a nice, low, melodic line, and starts to build in dynamic and excitement as more instruments are added to the sound. It sets up for an exciting adventure. As the piece progresses, you start hearing the different cultures that the ride takes you through, leading to the time changes. For anyone who's never been on the ride or just needs a refresher, Spaceship Earth is all about taking you through the evolution of communication through the different cultures that it depicts. As you listen to the music, you can imagine being on the ride in Epcot. It takes you from the time of the cavemen to ancient Egypt, to the Renaissance, and beyond. This 11-minute piece is a great travel through history, with high energy and melodic lines passing from instrument to instrument. You'll feel yourself coming to the beginning and the end of the attraction. one is short and sweet, but I gotta run. Hope you enjoyed the segment and that everyone has a magical week. Take a listen to some of the rest of this great theme. See you real soon!
6: hidden in the forest eluded hunters baffled scientists and remained a mystery until the hendersons bumped into him
2: what is it
6: it's a major discovery
2: we have to take it home Away.
5: i gotta find him i'm going to kill him he
8: oh, means
6: something to me
5: yeah, you see that he means something to me we'll never see him again will we
4: what
3: i'm gonna say now might save his life there has been yet another sighting of the creature that some people are now calling
5: harry harry since what is the other name since right now
6: the average american family just got bigger Harry and the Hendersons.
5: Isn't he something? How very curious. I
4: do know what very,
6: come
9: true hi and welcome to the universe of energy how are you no need to answer you know you're probably surprised to see me here aren't you but then there's probably a lot of places you'd be surprised to see me when you think about it If you were driving in your car, for instance, okay, close your eyes, you're in your car, no, close your eyes, in the car, but right now, think about it. You're in your car, you're driving, and then all of a sudden from the back seat, I just pop up and go, hey, (laughs) you just whack me in the head, wouldn't you? That would be, that wouldn't be nice. But then it wouldn't be nice for me to do that to you. How did I get in your car anyway? Can you, did you lock the car? Maybe it was your fault. Maybe I'm just teaching you a lesson. But the point is, to see me here as a spokesperson for the universe of energy, I mean, that's crazy you know i mean i'm an expert on a lot of things you know that i know that but uh not a lot of things a few things but energy i mean there was a time i could care less about it and then suddenly everything changed one day i was sitting in my apartment
3: hi this is bill farmer the voice of goopy and you're listening to disney on demand
1: all right, all of you heads so I'm back, and thank you, Paige, for stopping in with the magical music review and delving a little bit deeper into Spaceship Earth, one of the greatest scores that, you know, Bruce Broughton has had a chance to leave his legacy and mark on this classic attraction as well. So, all of you D-Heads, I hope you're enjoying the show so far this week. We have all kinds of fun, and as I mentioned, we have the one and only Bruce Broughton stopping in, composer of such films like The Rescuers Down Under, Harry and the Hendersons, Monster Squad, Silverado, and great television legacies like Dinosaur. Dynast- Tiny Toon Adventures and Attractions like Spaceship Earth, Ellen's Energy Adventure, Oh Canada It's Tough to Be a Bug and more So I am excited for that And Bruce is coming up very shortly. So with that said all of you d heads, I'm going to jump right back into the news because we have tons of news hot off the D-Wire here this week and uh, jumping right back into it, how about the newest Disney Store arrivals? Now this is both for Disney Store Online and Disney Store where you can walk into a physical location Well the newest Disney Store arrivals for this week have a great amount of items here. Maybe you're thinking of remaking your bathroom. Well, how about a variety of different items for your bathrooms? Yes, they have the all new Mickey Mouse bathroom cup, Mickey Mouse's bathroom toothbrush holder as well. Now, both of these are retailing for $9.95 and they're going to add that little bit of magic and Mickey to your bathroom. Come on, when you're brushing your teeth, who doesn't want to be looking at a nice little shape of Mickey? Now, they also have Monster University fleece throws. Now, these are great fleeces. As it's getting colder, we're into fall. Halloween's coming up, followed by winter. You can get a monster university fleece throw for only 30 dollars including sully and mike as they practice scaring you from monster university now there's also a jasmine and aladdin doll set that is part of the disney fairy tale designer collection now this is a little more pricey at 130 dollars, but fans of disney's romantic couple as well as anyone that loves the fairy tale designer collection can now pick up Jasmine and Aladdin. Now this is just a variety of different things that they have as part of the Disney Store arrivals. And remember, if you missed getting your 13th for Friday the 13th shirt, those are still available in the Disney Store. Now, pushing right along, how about Disney and sports? And everybody knows Wide World of Sports and all the different things that go on. Well, now, soccer player Kevin Durand was named the NSCAA National Player of the Week. That's right. Landers' Kevin Durand, a junior midfielder from France, was named the Disney Soccer NSCAA National Player of the Week, announced this last Tuesday afternoon. Now, Durand's National Soccer Honor comes one day after being selected the Peach Belt Conference Player of the Week. Now, last week, Duran scored five goals and added two assists to bring his team to victory. Now, he opened up with one goal and assist against Newberry, then had four goals to help them seal the deal. Now, this guy is on fire, and like I mentioned, he was the Peach Bell Conference Player of the Week, but now he was also named the Disney Soccer NSCAA National Player of the Week. Congrats to him and all of you that love soccer. It's, uh, I'm sure it means a lot more to you than me. I hate to say that, but... Congrats. Now, with that said, all heads there's just a couple more things here on the D-news front and a couple other things off the wire. Well, how about something that was found by, uh, you know, somebody that had visited Walt Disney World? That's right. Now, this is a write-up that has been released from silive.com. They did a recent visit to the Walt Disney World Resort and found a fake elevator. Yes, at the Yacht Club. Now, everybody knows Disney is famous for its ability to make make-believe believable, But something that they said they observed recently at the Walt Disney World Resort of the Yacht Club has taken the art of illusion to another level. They were strolling through the Yacht Club Resort last week, headed to lunch, and they noticed there was a small room off to the main hallway with several telephones attached to the wall. Very old-fashioned, plop in a few coins and dial numbers. Well, they thought in this day and age, how many people carry their own personal communication device? Is there still an area devoted to these classic, classic phones? And it became a lot stranger when they walked back into the main hallway and noticed that there were four elevator doors. Nothing unusual, right? But upon closer inspection, there was actually three working elevators only. The fourth door was a fake door. And if you opened it, you could walk straight into the telephone room. Yes, that is right pretty crazy. Disney always creating great tunnels and opportunities. Now, there's a variety of different things that are going on board at Walt Disney World as well, including magic bands, and everybody is loving magic bands. I had my chance to wear a magic band as well, and I'm sure many of you listeners have, and it's great. I mean, I do love them. They are fun, and they are becoming the hip thing to do if you are part of the Disney circle. There are a variety of other things going on, including the rapid refill mugs that are available and they are creating rapid refill lines and many other things. But you know what? I'm not going to go too much more into that. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm just, you know, like I said, there was more off the D-wire, but I'm just going to cut it until next week. There's a lot more things going on. But uh, with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team. We have Lexi, our D-team member from Down Under, as she's going to take you down that Hollywood Walk of Fame for a little bit more about our very special guest here, Bruce Broughton. And uh, I'm going to take a drink, relax, bring some magic memories, and more to all of you D-heads, and uh, just let it go. Yeah, you know what? I'm, literally, I'm going to just let the rest of the news go here this week. Yes, that was literally my notes on the news, and I'm just going to push it off to next week, D-Heads. So with that said, I'm going to grab a drink, and when I come back, I'm going to be talking to the famous, wonderful composer, Bruce Broden. Be right back, all will be D-Heads.
6: Disney Pictures presents its all new 29th full length animated motion picture. Australia. Mysterious. Untamed. And for a young boy named Cody and his magnificent golden eagle, it was a world of adventure and discovery. Fire! Until. I got her. They met the villain McLeach. That bird's gonna make me. An evil trapper who threatens to separate them forever.
3: It's time you learned how to fish for crocs.
6: But though hope is running out, a message is on the way (laughs) to the Rescue Aid Society. There has been a kidnapping in Australia. And two little heroes, Bernard and Bianca, are flying in. Let's go for it! It's the rescuers in the most dangerous mission ever.
2: We'll never make it!
6: Chop your belts, mates. Now, they're joining forces with their new friend Jake and his army of misguided mates.
2: Howdy, howdy,
6: howdy. Oh, Frank, give it a rest. They're flying into action, riding into danger. Missed. <laughs> in the most breathtaking rescue mission ever.
5: Hey, who killed the music.
6: Oops. <laughs> this holiday season, join Bernard, Bianca, Jake, and Wilbur. <laughs> In an adventure above the ordinary in the land down under. Walt Disney Pictures' The Rescuers Down Under. Throw
0: another shrimp in a barbie, sports fans. Here we
3: come! For your safety, I've invented rails for you to lean on. I call them lean rails. Please do not sit on the lean rails, because they're there to lean on. And please don't sit on the floor. My studies show that you can experience time travel on the floor. And it's not a pretty picture in those shorts.
9: Hey, Tinselhead, bite down! I'm trying to work here! All right!
3: Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed guests, and those of you wearing the funny animal hats, welcome! <laughs> the reason I've gathered you here today is to witness the exploration of the next great frontier, Courtesy of my own incredible time machine. Pattern pending. Off a void with I
9: Hey, timekeeper. What? What am I in here, scrap metal? Come on, introduce me.
3: Oh, pardon moi. I'd like you all to meet my assistant. She's bold. She's brassy. She's self-contained all the way from Cleveland, Ohio. Please welcome the self-programming circumvisual photo droid. Let's say hello to 9i.
9: Hello, folks. Grab onto your lean rails. We're about to break the time barrier. That's right, my
10: Places,
5: everybody! This is a tape! that? And one, two, two... Lights! Camera! Action!
11: Hey D-Heads! You know how everyone always talks about the amazing music of Disney? how much they love all the songs and the beauty of the melodies that makes them feel all warm inside? Well, that is thanks to people like this week's special guest, Bruce Broughton. He is an incredible and versatile composer. Disney certainly is very lucky to have him as part of the family, and we are incredibly lucky to have Bruce here today. Bruce is known as one of the most versatile composers of our time. This is pretty much because he can compose magical music in every medium that there is. You name it, he has composed an awesome score for it. <laughs> TV, movies, theme park attractions, concert halls and even video games. Now. I think it takes a special kind of magic to be able to do all that. Pretty impressive. And I always love to tell you about the accolades and awards of our special guests. I love it when the Disney family members are acknowledged for their hard work and, well, their general amazingness. And I am having a great time today because Bruce has been nominated for and has won such a wealth of awards. Get this, his first major film score for the Lawrence Kasdan Western Silverado won an Oscar nomination. And his following project, a classical score for Barry Levinson Young, Sherlock Holmes, received a Grammy nomination. More than that, Bruce has earned over 20 Emmy nominations and has won an astounding More than 10 of them! Wow! That has never been achieved before! Bruce, who is already the most awarded composer in Emmy history, just continues to be nominated. It's incredible! Disney has found a winner in Bruce, that is for sure. (laughs) Here is a list of some of his winning scores, and I am certain that you will know of and love them all. Pay close attention, D heads. You will be amazed. There's Eloise at Christmas time and Eloise at the Plaza. Glory and honor, O pioneers! Tiny Toon Adventures theme song. The first Olympics, Athens, 1896, Part One. Dallas and Buck Rogers. And they are just the TV shows that have won Emmys. There are so many more that I could go on with. Wow. This list really does go on, by the way, including favourites like the Jag soundtrack. For more of Bruce's versatility and the life that he brings to music and our ears, here is a list of some of the motion pictures that he has composed for. And yes, you will be amazed again. Here goes, <laughs> there's Lost in Space, Tombstone, Miracle on 34th Street, Carried Away, Baby's Day Out, Harry and the Hendersons, and I Blew Up the Kid, as well as The Boy Who Could Fly. <laughs> For us D-heads, Bruce's work on the soundtracks of Disney movies are much much loved. And these include The Rescuers Down Under and Bambi 2, as well as two Homeward Bound adventures. These will always hold a special place in our hearts. Even more special to me is Bruce's work on the Fantasia 2000 film. The whole film is tied together with beautiful classical music such a gorgeous partner to the animation. I always feel that the music makes the animation that extra bit special. After all where would Mickey the Apprentice be without his magical soundtrack? (laughs) So for the Fantasia 2000 animated feature Bruce conducted and supervised the recording of Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. It's beautiful. Now, in an alternative world of video games, Bruce scored for the Heart of Darkness video game. And did you know this was actually the first orchestral score composed for a video game? Talk about special and important. <laughs> did I say Disney is lucky to have Bruce? And in totally another alternate universe, Bruce is an incredibly renowned and appreciated composer of concert music. Among others, Bruce has worked with the Chicago Symphony and the Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra, as well as the Cleveland Orchestra, wowing audiences across America. Wow, get this. When he's not busy composing for, well, everything, (laughs) Bruce is a board member of the ASCAP, a governor of Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, a former governor of the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, and a past president of the Society of Composers and Lyricists. Wow. And when he isn't participating in leadership roles, this week's special guest also teaches film composition in the Advanced Film Music Studies Program at USC and is a frequent and I'm sure much loved and respected lecturer at UCLA. Now here is something I find particularly cool about Bruce. He is one of Disney's favorite theme park attraction composers. We can all hear his work in attractions across Epcot for instance, like the O Canada attraction, Ellen's energy adventure, one of my favorites, and Spaceship Earth. I really love when Disney gets the mix between experience and music just right. Because after all, if it weren't for the music, then we wouldn't have the experience. And this week's special guest is the perfect example of this. Bruce's compositions are also heard in the One Man's Dream exhibit in Hollywood Studios and that is one of my favorites. I just love hearing about Disney and the music goes perfectly with it. In California Adventure Bruce worked on the Golden Dreams attraction and the Seasons of the Vine and he also worked on the It's Tough to be a Bug soundtrack. I love that attraction so much. (laughs) It's so heartwarming and funny And now in Paris Disneyland, we can hear Bruce's work in the Cinemagic soundtrack. Much like with his other mediums, the list for theme park attraction compositions really does go on and on. And it's just so impressive. It is safe to say that this week's special guest, Bruce Broughton, has made a significant contribution to not only the world of music... But the world of Disney as well. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce Broughton. Without you, Disney would definitely not be the same. We're tiny, we're toony,
5: we're all a little loony. And in this cartoony, we're invading your TV. We're comic dispatchers, we've cut them all to censors. Our am is to adventure jokes of comedy. So here's at the anchors, it's a whole wide world apart. Our The have been since we're green. getting since we tiny, we're near, we're all a little loony. It's tiny tune differences. Come and join the fun. And now our song is done.
0: Hey D-Heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney player where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day.
3: This is Epcot Center,
6: Epcot Center at Walt Disney World in Florida.
0: Camera. Action. It's time for this
1: week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And with us here this week, when you go to the movies, when you're watching television or even at the theme parks, one of those things that's very important and pivotal to any good story is always the music. It's the thing that sets the tone. It gives you the emotion, the feel, whether it's action, adventure, drama. And you may you know, have your favorites, whether it's from the park with O Canada, um, everything. Everything from the American Adventure, as well as the Making of Me, Spaceship Earth, as well as a variety of different films from The Three Musketeers, Eloise at Christmas Time, Bambi, Lost in Space, Silverado. And with us here this week is no stranger to any of you Disney fans. We have none other than Bruce Broughton with us here this week. Welcome to Disney on Demand. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Uh, It is our pleasure having you on I mean, somebody with your resume And of course, connection to Disney Um, You know, a variety of people have grown up watching A variety of your movies, television shows And of course, you know, in the parks as well So I guess, uh, you know, before we get down all that path I guess, what led you down the the role of uh, wanting to do musical scores? Well,
12: the funny thing is, when I was a kid, sometimes you hear from composers that uh, when they were young, they watched movies and they were inspired by the music of so-and-so, and that's what they decided to do. It's, to tell you the truth, I was never aware of music and movies until I was probably in my late teens. I was um, uh, I, I was raised in a musical family, and I learned to play an instrument. I learned to play the piano when I was about six, and I learned to play a brass instrument. So I had music around me, but I never thought about it in movies. I just went to movies to be entertained. And... <laughs> Actually this I I found out later this is probably a good thing because I've never forgotten how people actually watch movies. They don't go to movies to hear the hear the music soundtrack. They go there to really be entertained. So when I'm writing music now I keep that in mind that it's not so much about the music, it's really about the film. So I got when I went to college I decided to become a composer, but I wasn't sure what kind of music I wanted to, to write. And one day I was driving up um, one of the boulevards here in Los Angeles and, and I was listening to the radio and some song came on and I was bopping around at the song. It was getting me feeling really great. And I thought, you know, that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to write music that would make people feel like something. And very quickly I decided that the best way to do that for what I was interested in was probably in the movies because that way I could reach a large group of people. I could uh, get them really involved in the music to you know they would be involved in the, in the thing that music is also working for. And I probably had um, a really good opportunity to make people feel. So I looked into that and was fortunate to get a job working in CBS Television. So I, I worked there for 10 years. I learned a lot about television series. We produced movies at the same time. I met a lot of composers. I worked with a lot of composers and started composing on my own. And it just sort of evolved. Um, eventually, somebody asked me to do a theme park. The first one I did was the making of me, and then uh, years later I did um, time after time. The um, actually it goes by so many names I forget what it was—the it was visionarium or whatever it was—it was over in France. But it just became a really great job, and the, the theme park stuff has always been something I've enjoyed a lot.
1: Well, you know, and those are the kind of things, like you said, that it really does, it adds that emotion, that extra special where, you know, the music adds that that emotion to a story, you know, they're not there necessarily waiting for the score, but without the score you definitely notice something is missing, you know, and you've been part of so many different films and motion pictures, I mean, some with great cult followings, you know, like Monster Squad and items like that, and as well as, you know, Miracle on 34th Street, you know, an Emmy Award for Eloise at Christmas Time, I mean, I guess working on a variety of different films, um, and look Looking back at uh, your career, are there any films that really have stood out as ones that were your absolute favorite that uh, you really wanted to, I guess, work on or you were very excited for or anything like that? Well, um,
12: yeah, I have a few favorites. I mean, everybody likes Silverado and Tombstone. Um, I like those young Sherlock Holmes. was a lot of fun. I liked... Um, the all of these movies, I particularly like Rescuers Down Under, because when I was a boy, I wasn't interested in being a composer. I was actually interested in being an animator. So the Disney, um, the Disney films were real important to me. And when I finally got asked to, to do one, uh, I got very excited. They were surprised because a lot of composers don't like doing animation, but I wanted to do it. And I, over the years, I found that a lot of those movies, a lot of them associated with Disney, like the Home Alone movies. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the boy I could fly. Um, it's come back to me that a lot of young people in their twenties uh, have watched these shows when they were kids, and they—you know—kids watch the shows over and over and over and over and over again, and they really get to know the themes. They get to know the music. It's really meaningful to them. Uh, one guy said to me recently, or asked me, said, "What does it feel like to know that you've actually um, changed people's lives?" has such an effect on people's lives. And I said, well, frankly, I never thought about it. Because <laughs> I was just trying to write the movie, you know, trying to write the movie score. Um, but it actually does have an effect on people's lives. And when people go to the, the parks, they go again and again and again. They see their favorite shows again and again and again. And they're constantly influenced by the music. So to say what my favorite ones are, doesn't mean a lot, because there are a lot of people out there who have their favorites, that um, they respond to something that maybe I missed just because it was common to me but not so common to
1: them? very true I mean and yeah it's one of those things where you know even my children now they're constantly watching the same movies or whatnot, and they know exactly when a crescendo is coming or whatnot. and it really it adds that like you said they really get to know the scores get to know the music and I myself have my favorite scores over the years as well that I've listened to a variety of different times now as you mentioned you actually you know going into the parks and you've done a variety of things in the parks you know and uh, we're avid fans we've been to the parks many times and everything from uh, you know the making of me at Epcot Honey I Strong the audience, which is always a fantastic show, you know, Oh Canada, and Spaceship Earth, of course, which tends to have a huge cult following, just being the iconic uh, score and story and attraction it is. Um, how was it when you were asked to do Spaceship Earth?
12: Well, that was an interesting one, because, you know, it was, it had been done before. Spaceship Earth had been in the park for years, um, but it had gotten old, so they wanted to update it. And so what we did was a um, revision, they remodeled the inside, the ride, and they wanted new music for it. So um, I had been on it years before and found it interesting, so the chance to redo it was really interesting. Um, also, I have to say, and I'm not saying this for any other reason other than it's absolutely the truth, that the, the people that I've worked with in the parks have always been basically the same creative team, and they're, they're spectacular. I mean, we're all friends, we all we socialize, and we see each other they always come up with things that are new and exciting and different and sometimes confusing. I never know really how to do the thing until I get into it. And Spaceship Earth was sort of like that. I had never done a ride where people are actually transported. I'd done a lot of the films like O Canada or, um, or even Honey, I Shrunk the Audience is essentially a film. Um, so Spaceship Earth was really interesting. Um, I had a chance to write... A lot of different historical music, which I like. I like writing in different styles. Um, trying to involve an audience from a from a little tram is a little bit different than trying to involve an audience that's seated or standing and watching in one place. So it, it was pretty interesting. Um, technically, it was a challenge because you had two, three, four different time zones, one after the other, and as you pass in the tram you're starting to hear the the music from the next time zone, and you had to make sure that the music from one could be played with the music of the next. So I constructed in a way that you could actually play all four of these pieces together, <laughs> one on top of the other, <laughs> to make sure that if anybody should have, actually, and you can't, you can only actually hear two at a time, but, but I had to work that out to figure out how to do that so that it was a seamless experience and people weren't aware of going from one musical style to another. It was pretty interesting, pretty fun.
1: Well, I mean, and that's the kind of attraction where it does have this impact and it has this lasting, uh, I guess, legacy, too. You know, being asked to rescore this. And, you know, for new generations, it is that one attraction that I feel really does help pull things together for new generations to learn and grow and whatnot. And the score really adds to that climactic element of it. Now, um, like you said, doing an attraction. Now, also doing films, um, you know, doing uh, different films and things like that, of course. You know, you were the conductor and music supervisor in Fantasia 2000 with Rhapsody in Blue, which which, you know, I'm not just saying this because you're on the line, but that was actually my favorite uh, uh, segment and element from Fantasia 2000. Um, how was it working on that, uh, I guess going back to Walt's original legacy with Fantasia and revisiting it in an all-new film?
12: Well, that was particularly interesting because that particular piece, The Rhapsody Blue, really was never, um, was not originally intended to go into Fantasia. It was, a, it was a separate project that Eric Goldberg, the animator, was working on. And I had come to it um, being asked to adapt the Rhapsody and Blue score to his animation, and he had already been animating to a track, to a Rhapsody and Blue track. So my job was to um, re-record it and make it sound as though we were there first, you know, so the animation came out first. And then as they were going through Fantasia, there were many changes. Originally in the um, in Fantasia two thousand, they intended to keep three of the original pieces from Fantasia: the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Um, the um, Dance of the Flowers, or, or rather the Nutcracker Suite, and the Dance of the Hours. Uh, eventually, they dropped the last two and kept uh, Mickey and the of Apprentice. So they apparently needed things. I remember seeing some other sequences that were planned for Fantasia that didn't get in. So Rhapsody and Blue suddenly became part of, of Fantasia, which was great. I mean, it was just, that was, you know, that was a terrific film, and it was really Wonderful to be associated with it. Eric also happens to be a spectacular animator. So the whole project, given that it was Disney, it was Gershwin, it was Eric, it was Rhapsody in Blue, it was Fantasia. You know, how how can you do much better than that?
1: <laughs> Definitely. Now, I guess uh, aside from doing things that are longer and whatnot, you know, getting into television, and of course, uh, one of those things that I feel is a long lost art is television show themes. Um, I feel like that's kind of a lost art nowadays. And you've done a variety of them that, you know, uh, people have great acclaim for, from JAG, First Monday, and of course, you know, some of the favorites like Dinosaurs, which is a great television series from the past, as well as Tiny Two and Adventures, which you won an Emmy Award for. Um, now, when uh, tackling a television series and something that's a little more condensed, you know, it's setting the tone for the show and whatnot that people are going to see every single week and get to know over time, um, how different is it tackling something like that?
12: Well, look, the idea of a television theme is you want to pull people in from the refrigerator. You know, they get up from, uh, after their, after a show and they you know, take a break or they go into the kitchen to get some or whatever it is, and as soon as they hear the theme of the, the other show, you want to draw them back. So the theme has to be distinctive. It has to embody what the essence of the show is. Like in JAG, um, JAG is a very uh, military driven show with the trumpets and the drums and the march and all that kind of stuff. So when you hear that, you know that your show's on. Um, tiny Tune Adventures is like that, too. Tiny Tune Adventures is just a wacky little song. You know, we're tiny, we're tuning, We're all a little loony. And you hear, them, oh, yeah, that's my show. I want to watch that. So it the whole idea is that it's a calling card to pull people away from whatever they're doing and get them back into the show. Um, you don't see them so much anymore because... I think it's more of an issue with shows to get the um, audience involved as quickly as possible maybe to jam more commercials in. So the themes are not something that are as popular as they used to be. Uh, even, in main, even in motion pictures, main titles were structured in a very different way than they often are now. I remember when I was a kid, you'd sit down and you'd watch a movie. Sometimes there was, a, um, sometimes there was actually an overture to the really big movies that came on before the movie even started. And then the curtains would... We had curtains in the theaters in those days. The curtains would open, and then you play the main title. And it was very exciting. The main title had all the credits, and it gave you a real idea of what was... It was like an overture. A great idea of what was going to happen and what the sense of everything to follow was going to be. Um, that's changed now. Now we just slam into the movie, and, and you start the music, and there, there may or may not be a main title. Same thing with TV shows. But there are very specific kinds of... Um, you it's, can it's almost call it a form. Say this is this is the show. This is my calling card. This is what I am about. Come
1: watch me. Definitely, you know, and and you know, it's one of those things. Like you said, it is a different culture now, and it's very fast paced. Which I feel that's what makes a lot of different things uh, almost like a throwaway society because it is those themes and those overtures and. Things that were great like that, that do make it last a long time. And, you know, you get those glimpses of films like that nowadays. Now, I guess, you know, moving into the, some of those themes and things that are really big, that's getting back to the parks and things like Oh Canada and, of course, The Timekeeper, which long lost a gem at the parks. You know, those are kind of really big, you know, cinematic kind of films. Um, you know, now working on something like that, where it is this, you know, circle vision, huge format, um, you know, when you tackle something like that, the music has to be just as power overpowering as, you know, looking at this movie in the round. Um, is that something that when you're scoring this, you kept in mind the entire process?
12: Yeah, um, they're not, they're, they're, the Disney folks aren't cheap on their budgets. I mean, they they know that these, um, that these shows are going to be in the park for a long time. I mean, they're obviously budget aware, and, and they have certain constraints, but it's not limitless amounts of money. But at the same time, they try to make sure that they get the biggest bang for the buck that they can because millions of people, I mean, literally millions of people are going to watch this stuff. So something like um, Time After Time, uh, which was interesting to me for two reasons, because I had actually two scores for that. There was the original version ran in France, uh, which is very, very, very popular, um, the Visionarium. And then they did a version very similar to run in Epcot. And they thought that they, that for the Epcot version they wanted a more American score. I'm not sure really what that was, but they asked me to write another score for the one that was in Epcot. So I had basically the same show or a similar show running in two different countries with two different musics going to both of them. Um, but in both cases they were, they were meant to really involve the audience. I got many letters still from people in Europe asking about the theme or the music from uh, the Visionarium. It was so popular. Um I don't know how they even find me, knowing that I was the composer on the thing, but they do. Uh, yeah, you want to draw people in. You want, you know, when you're, something like Time After Time, where they they have, um, on nine screens, they have these vistas of Europe, or America, or wherever it is. I mean, the, the China film is like that, and, and several of the films were like that, where it's just completely all-encompassing visually. You want to get a strong score there that's going to be able to match that. And, um, and for that you need numbers you need a large orchestra and you need a little bit of money in the budget you know so disney mm-hmm. goes to great pains to get it right but one of the things i enjoy about the theme parks and about the animation as well is that when you get to it the people have done so much preparation um, there's so much planning I mean, they know how many people are going to be Seen this at any given time, they know how many people they can fill into a room. They know how long it takes to get people from one part, you know, from the outside, into the room. How long it takes them to leave the room. And go out. So we have pieces of music that take all of this stuff into account that are all intricately timed. When the door is open, when the door is closed, when the show starts, when, this, when the um, when somebody gets up and gives an announcement, all these things are planned, uh, partly for, you know, mostly for the people's enjoyment, but also for the people's safety. There are a lot of things in Spaceship Earth, for instance, that were, were done to make sure that people could hear the, the safety messages. If something should stall or something should break down or if you should find yourself in a dark part of, a, of the ride uh, and not to get confused. You know, all that is taken into account, even in the even in the musical score. So that kind of planning is, um, is really unusual, particularly in movies where it's done uh, a little bit more by the seat of your parents in the parks and in animation particularly things are planned and and you're brought on really as part of the creative team and that part I really enjoy
1: a lot very cool now I guess uh, stepping aside from you know the theme parks and you know you've done so many different things that are notable in the parks like Ellen's Energy Adventure and whatnot. but stepping aside from your Disney films you know there's like you said there's a lot of people who grow up uh, you know watching a lot of movies and they get to know the cues and you know there's a lot of great I guess uh, cult classics out there like Monster Squad Harry and the Hendersons and some of those you know great family fun films now now, um, you know when you're doing something that's family friendly like that. Do you, I guess, do you enjoy that a little bit more than something that's a little more, uh, you know, action paced, or do you enjoy both equally?
12: Yeah, no, I enjoy them all. I I enjoy doing styles. I, I enjoy like the thing about Tiny Toons that was fun was that it was just crazy. It was like uh, the old Warner Brothers cartoons, and we could do almost anything on that. But if you're doing something like Rescuers Down Under, you're doing something that's really dramatic. Even though it's an animated film, it's very dramatic. If you're doing um, Monster Squad, that was, uh, it was an action film, but it was always tongue-in-cheek. So you're talking about the monsters, but you're going a little bit over the top. Uh, Westerns are different than comedies. Comedies are different from uh, police shows. Um, I really enjoy doing all that stuff. I mean, I, I think that's one of the great things about working in films as a composer. You just get a chance to write a lot of stuff. You learn a lot of styles, you learn a lot about the orchestra, you learn a lot about music, you learn how music affects people, you learn how to make quick transitions, you learn how to be very specific, you know, you, like if you're, I think in the time after time picture, there's a scene uh, where they suddenly come in on Mozart as a young boy playing the harpsichord, so I mean, you're writing your music, and all of a sudden, wow, there you're playing the harpsichord, and then you're slipped away to some sort of Scottish battle with bagpipes, and, you know. Weird stuff happens in movies, and um, I, like, I like being a part of that. It's
1: really a lot of fun. Now, I guess, uh, you know, being a composer and doing so many different things, and like you said, The Rescuers Down Under, which, of course, you know, I have to say, uh, you know, as a composer, you know, your uh, your score for The Rescuers Down Under is the only score that's ever included in any Greatest Hits Disney collection. So every time you go through there, I mean, that has to feel pretty good.
12: Yes, I didn't actually, it does, because I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah,
1: so thank you for telling me. Oh, yes, every every time you, uh, you know, you see any collection of Disney music or it has songs from the films, you know, you have everything from The Little Mermaid, Part of Your World, whatnot... And rescuers down under. the the uh the, the theme is always included on in everything. Now, I guess uh, as a composer, though, and looking at your career and whatnot, do you uh, find yourself often going into like theaters or watching television and whatnot, and uh, noticing other people's styles and and what they do, and say you know, kind of critiquing it, or also picking up on it and saying, I really like what they did there, and you know, think you know, kind of make a mental notebook of things that you can grow upon.
12: Well, um, yeah, I mean, as a composer. Uh, the the one thing you give up quickly is your how can I say this, you you sort of give up your easy enjoyment of music, you can't let music just wash over you, you're always listening to see how somebody else does it, to see whether there's a technique that you've missed, if there's a way you can improve your own I'll give you a great example, over the weekend I was in San Francisco, listening to a friend of mine, um, Don Davis perform his score to The Matrix and he he was there with the San Francisco Symphony. They ran the movie. Uh, they had the dialogue, and Don's conducting the orchestra playing the score. Well, The Matrix is a is a terrific score in a style that um, is very contemporary contemporary in terms of concert music. It's very dissonant and and uh, lots of crazy orchestral effects and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, you can't help but be affected by the impact of that style on a film like that. So you know, I sit there and think, well, okay, if I had to do a movie like The Matrix, would I use some of this style or something like Don's approach And something that I would do it, you know, something you'd consider. I can't tell you how many movies have used Silverado as the as the template for their music. You know, I mean if they get into a Western a lot of people say, Oh, well, wow, I really like that music from Silverado. Maybe we can write something like that, you know, and um, <laughs> You know, I, I hear that from time to time, and and uh, it's it's very flattering, <laughs> as long as it doesn't get too close to the real thing, in which case it's kept, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I I do listen to other people's music. I listen to um, I listen to everybody. I recently went out to hear um, man. I watch Man of Steel. You know, I listen to what Hans does. Hans has a style very different from what I do, but it's very effective. And, and you listen to the stuff that works because you can always do it better. And, um, besides somebody might ask you to do something just like that, so you know
1: you have to know how to do it very cool now, I guess uh, you know, with things you know we know you're very busy, of course now, I guess with that said, are you working on anything that you can clue us into that isn't top secret or anything like that where you can kinda where we're gonna be able to i guess hear your work, whether that's television movies or in the parks
12: my uh film film music is kind of sporadic, what I'm working on literally as we're talking here is a um I'm preparing a an older score, a, a, um, a video game score, for a concert performance. Uh, I think next month or in September, there's there's supposed to be a um, performance, there's a possible performance of this thing, of a, of a game that I did. I did the first orchestral game called uh, Heart of Darkness about know, 10, 15 years ago. And um, so it's completely orchestral. So I'm preparing it now for the score and for the parts for performance, and that's what I'm doing now. I, I spend a lot of time doing concert music. I spend a lot of time teaching. Uh, I recently did a short film for a friend um, about um, ADHD for, the, for one of the departments over at USC. I did another film for a friend on something. I don't know. I mean, these days I'm essentially a composer, and I work on... Everything. I mean, I do concert stuff. I do band stuff. I do film stuff. I do. I mean, anything I can. Anything I can do, I, I like to do it all.
1: You know, it's really kind of a fun job. Very cool. Well, you know, with that said, you know, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule, stopping in today, chatting with all of us. Now, you know, for anyone that is, uh, you know, all of our listeners out there that are fans of yours, you know, whether that's being a fan of the stuff in the parks or the films, television, or whatnot. Is there anything you'd like to leave for any of your fans out there um, as a lasting word from Bruce?
12: For my fans, well, I'm just happy that they enjoy the music, that they can uh, separate it from um, from the attractions or from the movies. Uh, For those who are interested in doing the same kind of thing, um, I think you just need to listen very carefully and to listen to many, many, many different people, many different styles. Uh, You never stop learning. But the bottom line is you just want to get people involved you want to get people to feel things emotionally and music is the greatest way to be able to do that um you don't ever hurt anybody you don't destroy anything you don't break things you don't kill things you just listen to music it's a great you know it's a great thing to
1: have in the universe that's my fan talk (laughs) well thank you once again for stopping in bruce it was our pleasure and i know that uh you know like you said everywhere we turn we're going to be hearing you so thank you once again thank you
3: Beyond the trees ahead and to the right-hand side of our forward motion is Spaceship Earth. This 18-story geosphere marks the entrance to Epcot. Coming up behind Spaceship Earth is Innoventions. Inside this hands-on area, you can explore and interact with the ever-changing technologies and products for everyday living in the near future. To the opposite side is the Universe of Energy. Inside you'll find Ellen's Energy Adventure. Hosted by Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Nye the Science Guy.
6: Brilliant inventor Wayne Selinsky is back. And this time he's about to make the biggest scientific breakthrough of his career.
1: Wow, this is some lab. we better than what we had in the attic, huh?
6: And once again, he's sharing the experience with his kids.
2: I did it. Did what?
6: a I blew up the baby. <gasps>
5: Mama.
6: Walt Disney Pictures presents a little family crisis.
5: Adam, put daddy down. Stop before someone gets hurt.
6: That's getting bigger. Oh my God, he's out. And bigger. He's over 100 feet tall. You stop right now! What's that?
3: It's a tranquilizer cannon. That's my kid you're talking about!
6: I have to insist that these two be taken into custody. The chase is on. The excitement is building. Move it! Fire! And the adventure is bigger than ever. Honey, this is dangerous! Don't worry! I'm gonna get him! Yeah. Rick Moranis. Honey, I blew up the kid. Hold oh, no. on!
5: Someone special I suppose it all Depends It's what's unique In each of us That we all share As friends The difference Is our differences Maybe small or great Variety Adds spice to life So we should celebrate In harmony Harmony You're you, I'm me Together we can live in harmony If there was only one note How boring life would be I'm glad there are so many notes In many different keys (laughs) I hear each voice singing With a special quality When we sing together, we bring music to the sea.
10: Hello D-Heads and welcome to another segment called Disney Multimedia. My name is Randy Reeker and I'll be giving you the latest news on the Disney Company and so much more. Without further delay, let's go ahead and jump in with the latest. Now who doesn't like a movie? In a theater where you sit back, relax, eat some popcorn, sipping on a soda. But I'm not so sure if you want to see hundreds, uh, I could say not hundreds, but maybe 20 or 30 iPad and iPad mini screens throughout the whole theater well what I mean by that the Walt Disney Studio is inviting us animated fans to see classic films like never before with a new interactive theatrical event uh, way of interacting with our tablet devices it's called Second Screen Live and the movie is going to be debuting which is The Little Mermaid now this new technology allows us inter audience to interact with the film and with each other. All you have to do is download the free app with the second screen live, the Little Mermaid, on your iPad or iPad Mini. And all it does is it brings all the interactivity by interacting with the film, you can play mini games, find a hidden treasure, sing along, and also compete with the audience for a chance to win some great prizes. Now, this movie um, event is only at select movie theaters. You can find more information at SecondScreenLive.com. Now, a little uh, sample of where these movies will be playing. You can check it out right here at AMC Garden State 16, Art Parmas, New Jersey, AMC Empire 25, New York, New York, AMC Burnbank 16, at Burnbank, California, and so much more. All that listings of movie theaters playing near you, at at again at that website, SecondScreenLive.com Now, my little two cents, mm, I think will be kind of neat if you have you know a nephew or niece or your own daughter or son. Um, the only downside if you don't have an iPad, it's kind of like you're sitting watching the movie and see everybody else play with their tablets and stuff. I can see the kids interacting with us, but as you know, older generation who have seen the Little Mermaid in theaters when we were wee little kids and now seeing the newer generation playing with their tablets. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't have a tablet. I just sat there in the movie theater and actually enjoyed myself watching a movie with my family. I didn't have no cell phone. I didn't have no Game Boy. Well, I did later, but I didn't bring in the movie theater. If I did have, my parents would be really upset, so, (laughs) I mean, nowadays technology, I mean, kids are getting spoiled. I mean, man, I mean, what gives? I'm just joking. But, hey, I think it's pretty neat, but I'm, I don't know, I have to say I'm a little bit neutral if I want to see the movie and stuff. I think I'll be a little bit more distracted with all the tablets in the theater, but... It uh, depends of how populated the movie with the people with the iPads and stuff. I don't know. Check and look. And actually, what's your thoughts? Do you think this is a good idea to bring movie or classic movies to life and with a new iOS technology with the tablets? As the technology seems to go that way, let me know. Um, you could go ahead or you know tweet at Disney or Diz Radio on Twitter and on Facebook. I want to hear what's what's your thoughts now moving on as you may know I'm not sure if you're going to follow on Disney rumors about the parks and stuff but for a couple months we've been hearing rumors about a possible Cars Land that'll be coming to the Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney Resort in Florida now as you may know just recently they canned that little rumor and saying a no-go from the Disney Imagineers. Now again, that's not really confirmed by Disney or anything like that. But again, it seems like the Disney Imagineers have changed their minds. Again, if you want to look at the Disney Carsland experience, you may have to trek all the way to Disney California to enjoy that. And I, th- I definitely recommend it, check it out because the the whole experience looks so wonderful. Um, myself personally, I have not gone there. But it's definitely on my list to go back and actually visit Disneyland and Disney California Park. Um, Currently, right now, the current go for expanding uh, projects over Hollywood Studios is a rumor and a little teaser called Project Harvest Orange or other known as Disney... um, Star Wars land that'll be under development over at the Hollywood Studios in Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. Now, of course, right now currently under construction is the Avatar land in Animal Kingdom. Um they are re- and currently um renovating a new um Lion King theater which is underway and uh, will be closing the old one in process to bring more land and expanding the Avatar area. Now this is one area of Avatar, but we're not sure it has been confirmed uh, if additional or other areas for this Avatar land. Um, again, Disney likes to give us little teasers or not even tell us anything until again a press release and so on and so forth. Now, what's your thoughts? Do you think Star Wars Land is it possible to expand into Hollywood Studios? Where would it be? Um, as I mentioned last time, I think it could be behind the Star Tours area or behind the Lights Motor Action Resort. Well, that's the latest news happening over with the Disney company. My name is Randy Riegerd, and be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses around you with the latest Disney multimedia around you. Until then, see ya. Bye.
1: All right, all heads so I hope you enjoyed this week's show for the week of September 19th, 2013. We had all kinds of fun as we had Bruce Broughton stopping in here this week. And thank you, Bruce, once again for stopping in and sharing all the magic and memories from all of your films, like The Rescuers Down Under, Bambi 2, Harry and the Hendersons, and Monster Squad, among many others, as well as all the fantastic attractions that all of us D-heads enjoy throughout all the Walt Disney World theme parks. Thank you for stopping in, and I'm sure we're going to be hearing your music throughout a variety of different from projects ...in the upcoming months and years. Thank you once again. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Paige, Lexi, and Randy... ...for stopping in here this week and adding a little bit of special magic and memories... ...to all of you D-heads. Without them, you'd just have to hear me ramble week in and week out. And most of all, thank all of you D-heads. You're the reason that we come back and do this show... Every single week. You're the reason why we stop in and bring this magic and memories and delve a little bit deeper into your lifetime of Disney. Thank you for tuning in. Now, before I let you go, all of you D heads, I am going to give you all the different ways that you can stay connected here at Disney on Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at Dizradio.com. That's D I Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, our archives, all kinds of latest news feeds, and more, including our Lifetime of Disney player with over 300 plus. Television shows, movies, specials, and more found right there on the homepage. And you can find all of that at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can also friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney Blue And that's B-L-U. You can find us on Twitter, AOL Instant Messenger, Instagram, and more. Just search Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. And remember, all of you D-Heads, always leave a shout-out feedback and more drop us a line email it or call our magical memories hotline right there where you can hear yourself here on the show and drop us that line let us know what you want to hear in future episodes here at the show or just give a shout out or just anything at all we love to connect up with you and also don't forget all of you d heads to visit our 24 7 live chat room our all new live chat room found right there on our website at Diz radio so, all view D-Heads, with that said, as we get closer to our second annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration, we have all kinds of fun gearing up next week for show number 49. So get ready for that as we have another very special guest stopping in. More magic, more memories, and more from the D-Team. So until next week, all view D-Heads, as I always say every single week, never neglect family for business. I'll see you online and catch you next week, D-Heads. We
3: are approaching the Epcot Monorail Station. Smoking is not permitted at Epcot except in designated areas. Please consult your guide map or ask a cast member for locations. Please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the cast of the Walt Disney World Resort, welcome to Epcot!